I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with our Transfer Insight Show as we dissect everything that is happening in terms of Arsenal and transfer news. I'm delighted to be joined by Chelsea writer for FL, Scott Trotter. How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, very well, thank you, Imo. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I think it, it was it had to be done. Like We had to get you on to speak about uh, a big signing that is set to take place uh, for Arsenal, Kai Havertz. Seemingly, that deal is going along quite nicely. A deal is set to be agreed. A medical set to be taking place soon. A deal that's come out of nowhere, to be honest. It seemed that Arsenal had an interest at the start of the window with Mason Mount. Um, but Kai Havertz has come out left field. But what can you tell us about the deal, uh, Scott? Is it is it all but done? It's certainly starting to seem that way. Um, as you say, it, it, it's been kind of lingering around for maybe a, a week or two now, but things seem to have certainly picked up in the this morning, <laughs> I guess we'd say. Um, again, that, that fee in the region of sort of £65 million seems to have been the, the big point that needs to get done, and it seems like Havertz is keen on a move across London. I know I think there was some talk of maybe Bayern being interested, but I think Arsenal always seems to have been the one. And, yeah, I think certainly one, if you, you know, said... A year ago, six months ago, maybe even three weeks ago, one that you would never have really expected. And I don't know, I guess from a Chelsea perspective, maybe a fee that wasn't expected to be offered at this stage as well. What is the fee? Like a lot a lot of reports are conflicting, I think, in the media. Some some reports saying that the fee is in the region of sixty-five million pounds. However, some are saying that Arsenal have offered fifty million pounds with further add-ons in this deal. But what can you tell us about where, where the fee is? Yeah, I know Chelsea did want something on the higher end of that, I think, because he's still got two years on his contract. They're still in a reasonable position. Um, Chelsea have kind of decided to to make a bit of a point where they do want to make a decision when players have two years on the contracts, whether to part ways or to extend the deal. Um, and I think probably Havertz having that kind of inclination to, to make the move away has probably pushed them one way on that. And... Yeah, I think it's just interesting to see somebody willing to, to pay quite mm. a significant fee still, I think. He obviously signed a few years ago now for more than that. Um, he came in with a big reputation, but he's obviously not entirely set the world alight at Chelsea. Um, so to get that kind of fee, particularly when you take into account 
you know, in terms of how much of his value is probably to be written off in the remaining years of his contract and stuff, it's probably a decent little bit of business for Chelsea if it gets over the line. You discussed the fact that with the fact that how he was such a revelation at Bayer Leverkusen, he was the next big thing. I know there was Mbappe, etc., but in and around Europe, after Mbappe, a lot of people were speaking about Kai Havertz and how many teams were after him at that stage. Chelsea managed to get that deal over the line. And he's had big moments, obviously scoring in the Champions League final, being number one. But I agree, I think he's not had the best of times at Chelsea. But what do you think that's the reason? Because managerial issues haven't helped, off-field issues haven't helped, ownership issues haven't helped. Chelsea really haven't had that consistency in terms of having the right manager. It's always been chop and change. Do you think that has impacted Kai Havertz's performances for Chelsea? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe more so than the managerial changes, which I think would have an impact because it, prob- it has impacted the whole squad. I think, you know, when you look at the kind of players Chelsea have with the likes of Mason Mount, they've got obviously went and thinking more of, of Havertz earlier time and having Pulisic, Ziyech, Callum Hudson, Adoy. It's, and then people like Timo Werner, Romelu Lukaku came in. It's, it's finding the place where. Havertz can do his best work and I think we've ended up seeing him kind of trend towards this forward role which being brutally honest he's he's not a striker he's not an out-and-out striker by any means and I think certainly more recently that's what he's trended into because Chelsea simply haven't had one Um, but Chelsea have have had other issues in the four positions they don't create enough chances that has got worse over the last couple of seasons and I think just the big issue is not finding Havertz a, a role in the team that can always get the best out of them. Um, I think, if anything, it's felt like this season we've got further away from knowing what Havertz's true position is. He has been used as a forward to kind of often lead the line. Perhaps when he was a little bit more successful, he would have a player like Sterling or or Mudrick going beyond where he could drop in a little bit and he looked a bit more at home in that kind of position. But I think when he arrived from Leverkusen, I always remember everybody was, you know, throwing around this generational player. Yeah. Like that, that was like the key phrase that went around that transfer window. And we've not kind of seen that ability for Havertz to completely take over and run again. Um, I'd say lots of reasons for that, but perhaps he's not quite, you know, lived up to that point yet either. As you said, he had big moments. That goal in the Champions League final, I'm sure it will live with Chelsea fans forever. Even though performances to, to match that since um, but yeah it's just one that's I say it's not really worked out he was still joint top goal scorer last season he still had a role in the team he played more uh, made more appearances than anybody else for Chelsea last season he's obviously been important for them but mm. you know Chelsea are trending downwards and or were trending downwards and yeah Havertz has really kind of struggled to, to really shine and I think particularly a position that he was more home to like sort of like using maybe just off the front line rather than, you know, being that guy with all the pressure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's interesting because you speak about the inconsistencies in terms of position, but Mikel Arteta, it seems like he's had that fascination in terms of bringing Kai Havertz into the club. Like It seems that Arsenal um, have gone above and beyond to try and get the German in the door. But why, why do you think Mikel Arteta has basically... Why is he so willing? And why is he so... like Obviously, the inconsistencies doesn't help. But it seems that Arsenal are really pushing out the boat to bring Havertz in. So why do you think Mikel Arteta, what, does, what do you think he sees in him? Yeah, I think I think when Havertz is at his very best, he sees the pitch differently to other players. Um, he almost looks like he operates on a different way of length, which obviously can have its issues if, if the rest of the team aren't quite there with it as well. But he, the way he sees space is really good. He does have the potential to pull out an extraordinary finish as well. Um, mm. Certainly, if, you, if you've not seen it, go and check out his goal against Leicester this season. Uh, yeah. Really brilliant finish against Newcastle last year from a, I think, first-time finish from a Jorginho through ball against Newcastle last season as well. He he does have these moments, and he can, when he's up for the challenge, can battle as well. He can, you know, really test the back line, and when he's on, he really is on. But it's just fine, and as you know, that consistency perhaps... Too often you, you see him maybe in the first 10 minutes in the game and you know whether he's going to have a good or a bad game. But I think what he will offer Arsenal, and, and maybe this is something that Arteta does like, is plenty of versatility. He can lead the line. I, I don't think he's really quite a Gabriel Jesus kind of striker, but maybe it's an alternative option where a player can drop in and create as well. He can play behind the striker in the hole. If he's given a lot of freedom, I think that's even better for him. I think I've, I have seen a few people mention he could be put out on the wings as a different option. Mm. He has he did struggle to make an impact for Chelsea when he has been put out wide a little bit. I don't think that's quite him. But that said, you have to then take on into consideration how much more fluid Arsenal's attack has been than Chelsea's. You know that they probably have a bit more coordination and a bit more threat, and maybe Havertz can then you know thrive on those other instances. But I think. I think what what did stand out to me, and I, I did message our colleague Kaya uh, Kaya yeah. when when the news happened. It's just like I do struggle a little bit to see where he's going to fit in because mm. of those main positions you, you think Gabriel Jesus, and then the other one who you know I can't I can't see him being dropped in a million years, Martin Odegaard. And yeah. They're they're the kind of roles I'd see Havertz doing best in, but obviously Arsenal do have Champions League football coming up, and and, and there will be opportunity for rotation as well. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw a great stat that Kai Havertz made 334 off-board runs into the opposition penalty area in the Premier League um, last season, the second most of any player after Erling Haaland, who had 349. And you talk about positions and Havertz, it seems that he's a very versatile player. Do you think that left-sided midfield position could be one that Arsenal and Arteta look to play him in? Because it seems right now that Granit Xhaka is, is off to Germany, is off to Bayer Leverkusen. And maybe Mikel Arteta is pondering that to play Havertz in that position because on paper, it could be a match made in heaven. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting one. I think you would need a lot of help on the defensive side of things because mm. 
that's simply not been his role. He don't get me wrong, he does he does press and has that role. But I think because he's been in the forward position so long at Chelsea now, that sudden drop back may take a little bit of adjustment. But as I said before, he, he does have a great eye for a pass and tempo of a game as well. Certainly, like you say, he just operates in a free space. And if he can get freedom by, you know, playing alongside somebody who might do the bulk of the work, maybe a Declan Rice or somebody like that, maybe, maybe he really can thrive. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting just because as you say, it's not really an obvious one of, of where he is going to get into the team. Mm. Why do you think he struggled at Chelsea, though? Do you think it's predominantly been because of the fact the way Chelsea play? Because when you compare it to Arsenal, it seems that Arsenal right now have a structure in place. They're quite organising the way they play the game. And you could see Havertz going there and thriving in that system. Do you think the Chelsea system hasn't really suited his uh, capabilities and ability? Yeah, I think a lot of people would argue going forward, it hasn't always looked like Chelsea do have a system. Um, mm. They've perhaps looked good on the counter-attack when they can break quickly, but any time they've had to pause and create an attack, it's, it's been a lot more difficult. And obviously, if Havertz is kind of leading the line on that front, he is going to bear the brunt of that. He's not going to have the opportunities. And he's perhaps not had too many opportunities to be the person that creates them either. Um, I think, as I know before, he... he does look better if he has somebody running beyond him. Um, earlier this year, that they did have Stone and Mudrick, and while on the team sheet, you would think Havertz was the striker, hmm. he would he would drop in while those guys would really test the back line, and that just gave him a bit more room to try and manipulate things. And he can have a big game at a big time. I think he played well against Dortmund earlier this year in the yeah. Champions League, and they're, they're kind of the things that he can do. Um I think, yeah, Chelsea forward positions, if you go through all of their players and even you can include Mason Mount in this because of this season, but perhaps he'd been the kind of lone star before that, but they have struggled in the last three years. You you look at Pulisic, you look at Ziyech, you look at Lukaku, Timo Werner, that there have been issues and, you know, maybe... They haven't always been the right fit at the right time, but I think it is a sign that Chelsea have struggled to maybe, like you say, have a system going forward that that does have an impact because it's not just a case of finishing chances, which has been a big problem. It's been getting those opportunities in the right position. If you go to Stamford Bridge, so many will be from just outside the edge of the box with lots of bodies. They're not, you know, the stereotypical Raheem Sterling goal for Manchester City where he's just running and tapping it in. The Chelsea don't create those kind of chances. Um and I think that that is probably an issue when that's the kind of finish you may be looking for a lot of the time. Uh, so while I probably have been a, a bit kind of down on Havertz, I do really think there's a player that he does does yeah. have ability. He's still very young. Uh, he's 24, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, is it 23? 24, 23. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's young. He's young. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, so there certainly is a player there. And, you know, I think... For Chelsea, that the maybe from some will be concerned that they're selling them to a rival, but mm. I think it's just things haven't worked out to the extent so much that to get a fee, if it does reach close to sixty-five million, where you're nearly making your money back, it feels worth it because obviously Pochettino's coming in, things can change, but there's no indicator that things are going to get better at Chelsea for him um, mm. moving forward and. You know, there's a, there's a lot of transformation going on. So 
he is certainly somebody who who will be able to do something. But I think what will be really important, despite his versatility, is that Mikel Arteta does find a role for him, a role for him to learn and take advantage of. Because I just don't think he's had that opportunity. Obviously, he's played forward a lot for Chelsea. I've mentioned that before, but that that's not his true position, and you can tell he, he's kind of been doing a job there. And I, I have heard some maybe put the criticism that Havertz. While he might have a quick mind at times, he might have an hyperpass. Maybe his feet aren't quite quick enough, and I think maybe that's a result of the pace of the Premier League. And mm-hmm. would you say that's has... his weakness? Like weakness? Yeah, I think that that could be be something. Maybe there's a bit too much pause, and you know, to manipulate the ball. But I do wonder if that partially is because he's been used in so many different positions. Whereas if he'd been in in that kind of in the mix or in the danger zone with the ball at his feet a bit more often, maybe he could adjust to that tempo a little bit easier. And I think, as I said before, maybe he can find a bit more space at Arsenal because they have so many other threats. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think it seems like if he's going to come to Arsenal, I think the shackles are going to be off in a way that he's not going to have too, there's not going to be too much onus on him to do things that he's not really comfortable in doing. Say, for example, play the number nine uh, position at Arsenal. You know, Gabriel Jesus is Arsenal's number nine. He's going to fill that role. But he's someone, I think, that can offer that versatility. So it's intriguing to see how he does. But in regards to Thomas Tuchel, it seemed that Bayern Munich had an interest in him. But it seems that Havertz is... Um, position was to basically join Arsenal but how was he under Thomas Tuchel because I look at Thomas Tuchel and I look at Mikel Arteta and there's a lot of similarities there in terms of coaching but it seemed that Tuchel had a very good relationship with Havertz wasn't it? Yeah I think certainly when you look at that run and mentioned the Champions League goal again they probably found a way of, of getting something out of Havertz in that forward role um Perhaps became maybe too reliant upon it uh, last season um, after the fall out with the Kaku. It kind of, I think that's how Havertz almost became the default in the forward position. Um, and I think, yeah, we're, we're talking about Tuchel. It's it's really difficult because I think in those early days you could see how much Chelsea thrived under him, and he was you know the perfect commander of the team and. By the time it came to just before he left, that it wasn't the case so much anymore. Not to say he fell out with Havertz or anything like that. I don't think that that was the case at all. But there was perhaps tension with other relationships in the team. Um, so it, it does become a bit more difficult. But yeah, Havertz cer- certainly did well. Um, but because of, because of I guess, Tuchel's trust in Havertz became a bit too reliant in that forward position. And that, that did become his position and I guess has been because... You know, Chelsea haven't found a forwards since really. How how is how do you think his understanding will be with and relationship will be with Jorginho? Because it seemed that when they were both at Chelsea, they they were very good friends. They liked playing uh, alongside each other. And Havertz, I think they done an interview um, when Jorginho departed that he was like confused how quickly he, he left the club. But now that they could be joining up again at Arsenal. How how do you think they'll fare together if they were to play on the pitch? Because obviously you've seen it at Chelsea. Yeah, well, I think I even mentioned it when we talked about Jorginho in January. But that goal against Newcastle last season, I guess, really stands out of both their abilities at the top end. Long wrecking ball from the halfway line into the box. And Havertz shown the quality he does have to finish first time. He does have that ability. And I think, I'd say, to have that relationship there probably helps quite a lot. Um, Havertz, I think, 
does seem to get on, on well with people in Chelsea squad in general. But mm. um, to have somebody like Jorginho who, you know, what was a leader at Chelsea in terms of the dressing room, he, he was well-liked and one of the players who, who would be stood out when you see, you know, these Q&As about, from academy players and others about who who's best player in training and stuff like you know it's the kind of name that would get mentioned so to have that link up will certainly um be beneficial um i guess we've got to wait and see whether it'll be on the bench more than in the starting lineup but uh yeah i, I think cer- certainly a, a positive for arsenal to you know help that familiarity even if it doesn't mean habits has got to move house or anything like that to, to have a familiar face will certainly help How's his character? Because when I watch him play, um, at times he seems quite hot-headed. I think he likes that housery side of the game. He likes to get under people's skin. But I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest. But at times he does know how to control his temper well, I think. And I think he does offer that leadership aspect as well. I think he was captain uh, at Leverkusen. And I think that would be a different side of um, what, what you would bring to the Arsenal side. But how's his character overall? Yeah, I think I think you pointed out anyway, but I think when when he is on it and he is playing well, he does he's really up for every battle. Um going back to that Newcastle game again, because that was a, a good yeah. performance and before even before the goal. I mean, he did elbow Dan Byrne in the head, which he maybe should have been sent off for, but that, that was kind of like a, a symptom of the the battling qualities that he does have against, you know, these big physical defenders. Um obviously he is actually surprisingly tall. He's quite slight, but mm. he is good in the air as well. That that should probably mentioned that earlier uh, he he is up for the battle but there is just that slight thing is that if things don't work out early doors if he doesn't get a couple of solid touches in maybe he fades away a little bit and can be a little bit frustrated but when he you know maybe has an early sighting shot yeah he, he is going to compete for every for every ball he can he's going to try things that you know are maybe a bit risky and he, he is good to watch when when he's on it I'm going to ask the million dollar question, Scott, because um, yeah, I just I just want to know your thoughts. But do you think it's going to be a success or a failure of a signing? Because I look at it and there's so many conflicting um, thoughts from the Arsenal fan base. Some Arsenal fans are saying, I don't think it's going to work out. Arsenal spending too much on the player that has just been inconsistent. Wherever on the flip side, fans like myself, I think it will be a success. I look at Havertz and I think that if he comes to a team like Arsenal, where there's a system in place, a structure, and allow him to basically play the game that he's more suited to, I think he can be a success, but just be interested to hear, hear your thoughts on this. I think having seen what he's done at Chelsea, it, it's almost difficult to see it being a you know runaway success that you know Chelsea thought they were getting when they signed him for 70-odd mm. million a couple of years ago. It's There's almost been too much uh, evidence that he isn't the guy. And I think maybe we're still adjusting to what the transfer figures mean now and what you should get for £60 million in a player. Um, I think he he will offer something because, you know, if you ask any Chelsea fan this season what they've thought of having a season, they'd probably say he's had a bad season. Um, Chelsea have had a bad season, but he's still been up there among the top goal scorers, played a lot. He obviously has had some importance even if things haven't worked out so I think he does have to offer something I think what my overriding feeling is and, and maybe you know you could tell before I just struggle to see where he's going to fit in consistently with Arsenal and I think that's mm. going to be the really big challenge because you know when you look at Odegaard you look at Jesus that they're 
players who you expect to start. And if Arteta doesn't have another role in mind, it's you start to think, is this a really expensive bench player? And I think mm. that 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 would be in my head at the moment. But if if the gamble pays off, I think he can still be a really special player because the times you do watch him, and he does. It's almost hard to explain, but he does just look like he's on a different wavelength. It might not always come out on the output, but he looks like he, he sees the game in a way. And if he has a player like Bakaya Saka or somebody who can take advantage of that, 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 that is really exciting. Um, but I think it's a big if, and if it is 60-odd 60, 60 million pounds, that's a lot of money to spend on a risk. So I think more, I, I am surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. No, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I think it's just interesting. That it, it's one of those things you see with the, the Premier League and do, do some players fit in the Premier League? And I think that's going to be a really interesting question. He obviously, mm. obviously has shown it in the Premier League at times before, but to do it week in, week out, I think it'll be a really interesting thing to see. And I think obviously you mentioned Mount before. I think Mount would be a sign in my head that made a lot more sense, and okay. it, but pro- probably would for most teams, but perhaps have it offers just that bit more versatility where he can fill in up front he can do things a bit differently rather than being like mount is maybe a functional player who just helps the side work and i think you see that with england and, and chelsea um maybe that they're hoping and get something a little bit more out of habits i don't know interesting interesting let's let's see what happens because i think it is a very interesting move and I, I never expected it but I'm intrigued to see what happens um, when he does uh, put on an Arsenal shirt. But Scott, uh, thank you for jumping on, mate. Much appreciated. Let us know where people can find you. Uh, just Scott underscore on all socials just about, I think, now. So, yeah. Yeah, appreciate that because it is, like I've just touched on, an intriguing move. But, yeah, if you've enjoyed the show, make sure to drop a like, subscribe and keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.